What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Around the NBA, a podcast where I give my thoughts on the latest news, transactions, teams, and players across the league. The new season has arrived. It is the 75th anniversary. I don't know why I call it anniversary, but <laughs> I mean, I guess I see why. But it's the 75th NBA season. And for this episode, I'm going to give my standings for both the East and the West, my projections, I guess, um, and each team's seeding and how I see them um, going this year. And I'm also going to try to include my play-in tournament teams and obviously who's going to win that. So I'm going to go both East and West, give my predictions, and let's see how this goes. (laughs) I did this last year. Um, with a podcast that I started with a couple of my buddies and I don't remember my list to be honest with you. (laughs) I think that's kind of convenient, right? But for this year, I'm definitely going to keep track of my list and see how accurate I was. Again, this is all, you know, predictions. It's going to be impossible to predict a hundred percent because I mean, you have to account for, or, or should I say it's impossible to account for injuries and, you know, things of that nature, like anything can happen, but I'm going to try my best and see what happens. So let's get right into it. So I'm going to start out East. And honestly, I think this year more than last year is even a lot more difficult. I think this year the East is going to be really competitive. I think a lot of teams improved. And I think honestly, with what's going on in Brooklyn, what's going on in Philly, anybody Anybody can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I, I don't think it's a wrap. I mean, on paper, it looks it looks like it's a wrap um, for some of these teams. You know, Brooklyn, uh, Milwaukee, but these other teams, man, I'm telling you, do not sleep on them. They got they got some good teams out east this year, so it's it's gonna be tough. And honestly, a lot of these teams can be. I don't know if they can be the number one seed in the East. I have that pretty solidified, but anywhere between two and eight, it's a toss-up, to be honest. I mean, you can kind of predict the top two, three teams, but honestly, not even the third seed. I think the top eight through three, it could be put in any order, any order. I mean, one and two, you guys can probably guess who I have, and that would be hard to flip-flop as of right now. Um, or not flip flop, but you know, make them any any lower than that, unless any injuries happen and and whatnot. But man, I'm telling you, this east this east side this east side <laughs> this Eastern Conference this year, it's pretty good. So I'm I'm gonna start from from the lower seed from my play in teams to uh and wait and work my way up to the number one seed. So let's go. Also, I wanted to point out my my seedings right now, or when I give my seedings rather, they're based off after the play-in tournament. So when I give my tenth and ninth seed, that's after the play-in. So I'm already accounting for the play-in. I'm not gonna say oh seven, eight, nine, and ten, and then whatever happens in the play-in, whatever happens. No, 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 no. I'm accounting for the play-in tournament already. So my seedings are gonna be literally right before the playoffs start, the official playoffs. So. Just wanted to lay that out there. So for my 10th seed, I have the Indiana Pacers. 
I think the Pacers are still a solid team with uh, Sabonis there, Brogdon there. They didn't really improve. They didn't really make any changes this year. Um, so I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. They'll still be a play-in tournament team, but I don't think they improved well enough to be uh, a play-in team, right? Or a playoff team. They'll be a play-in team, but not a playoff team. So last year they finished ninth. I actually had them a little bit lower in the 10th seed um, because the same team, I don't really see them being any better. And I think the rest of the league... Um, or the rest of the East, rather, improved. And they didn't really make any changes or real dramatic improvements. So I have them hovering the same place they were last year, a little lower in the 10th seed. At number 9, I have the Toronto Raptors. I think the Raptors are going to be pretty good this year um, with uh, OG Onunobi, um, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. They didn't play that great last year, and they lost Kyle Lowry. Um, they did acquire Goran Dragic. I still don't think they're good enough to be a play in, a playoff team. They'll be a play-in team, obviously, because I have them in the ninth. But again, they didn't really make any drastic changes to the roster either to become a playoff team, in my opinion. They'll be better than last year because last year they were the 12th seed and they finished like 24, 27 and 45. Not great, but I think they'll they'll be a better team this year. Just again, the rest of the East just got better. And I, I don't see them being better than a lot of the rest of these teams. I think they'll be a surprise because last year they were just really bad. Um, but I don't think I don't think they're good enough to be in the playoffs this year, unfortunately. So those are my two playing teams. I have Pacers at ten and Raptors at nine. Now we're getting into playoff territory. Okay, and like I said, my top two teams are pretty solidified. But three through eight, I'm telling you, these teams can land anywhere. For the most part, all of them minus one were a playoff team last year, and they all got better. They all got better. So they can land anywhere, eight through three. Some can creep up into the second seed. We'll just have to see how it plays out. So I'm not expecting this to hold up by any means at all. (laughs) If it does, I would be surprised. But yeah. I'm telling you, these teams, they're really, really good. I really do believe that. They got really, really good, and they are already playoff teams last year. So let's go. Like, Let's get right into it. I know I'm probably getting some heat for this, for some of these teams being ranked where I have them, but that's okay. Starting with this team, at number eight, I have the New York Knicks. So the reason why I have the Knicks at eight is more so to do with the rest of the East than more so to do with the Knicks. Like I keep saying, the rest of the East, I think just got a hell of a lot better than the Knicks did. I think the Knicks, they can make some noise. They can't end up being having the same record as they did last year. Last year, they were above 500, 10 games above 500. They were at 41 and 31, which is pretty good. If Julius Randle continues to play the way he's played, R.J. Barrett steps up. We start to see flashes of his of his potential and how good he can be. And Derrick Rose continues to be the that role player that he that he's been. And Tibbs, I think you know they have a solid group there. Okay. Kemba Walker acquisition, I'm not, I'm not huge on. I, it's like, it's nice, but Kemba isn't. He isn't a difference maker. You see what I'm saying? Like 
he isn't he isn't going to be a player uh like that missing piece right to get you over the hump even on a championship team unless he was like the fourth fifth best player on that team i he's just i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of his not i have nothing against him i just don't think he's like i said that big of a difference maker so acquisition i'm not like head over heels for it's okay not terrible we'll see how it works out um but yeah i i just think the rest of the east just got a lot better a lot more better than the knicks did so knicks acquisitions weren't great they're gonna basically gonna be the same team as last year so they'll have one year uh under the under their belts together so that might be able to create some chemistry and that might help them improve as a unit but talent and skill wise they're about the same so i don't see that huge of an improvement and in fact i see them dropping a little bit but again that's not on them it's just i think that rest the east just surpassed them in in improvements so that's why i have the knicks at eight at number seven and this is one of the teams where they can really they can fall anywhere between four and seven they were the number seven seed last year and that is the boston celtics so the boston celtics have a great duel in jason tatum and jalen brown and in fact last year i do remember i had them as the number one seed in the east like i had high expectations for them i had high expectations for tatum and he didn't live up to him and he had a great year okay he averaged like 27 a game off like 46 47 from the field that's pretty good. Jalen Brown himself, he averaged like 25 shooting, I think around the same percentage, around 47, 48% from the field. That's pretty good. But they still have this identity issue, right? They're they're not very big. They just reacquired um, Al Horford. They did lose Kemba Walker. Again, I just talked about him. I don't think that's a huge loss. They acquired uh, Dennis Schroeder, which I think is a nice is a nice uh pickup for them i think he's a pretty solid point guard um but again they they have that identity issue like who's going to be their starting point guard is it going to be schroeder i've been hearing rumors that's going to be marcus smart and i don't like that i don't like marcus smart being their starting point guard because i feel like his role is better off the bench right he brings that energy he brings that spark off the bench that defensive mentality he's not the scorer right that like that six man scoring guy like Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford he brings a different type of energy he brings um that mindset that dog mentality that defensive mentality um that grinder type of feel right so he brings that spark off the bench so I think his role is better on the bench and having him as a point guard I don't see him being that facilitator that distributor that you need from a point guard unless they're gonna have Tatum be that point forward and I don't think he's quite there yet i don't think he's capable of being a point forward just yet so you can run the offense through tatum obviously he's your best player but having him be uh, a lebron james type of role a james harden type of role a luka Doncic type of role i don't see that happening not yet i haven't seen flashes of his playmaking ability distributing and passing and, and being that facilitator just yet a floor general i don't see that from him just yet so I think that's the that's the biggest thing with the Celtics that their identity isn't quite there and they have a new head coach so that's another question mark so a lot of it just has to do with my questions on the Celtics 
They're they're a little bit undersized as well. Like yeah, they have Al Horford, but he's never been a a, a, a great defender, a very good rim protector. Like he hasn't been that. He's more of an offensive mentality type of player, and he's a little older now. So yeah, they have Grant Williams, and they have um, some okay big men, but they're still a little undersized. So we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Again, I have him at the seven seed just because there's a lot of question marks. And I think Tatum, he takes another step forward in being a superstar. And I do believe he's going to be a top five player in this league at one point. At some point, rather. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Like, we'll see a drastic, a drastic impact. And that's what I'm waiting to see from him. Like, yeah, he can drop 27, 28 points a game. But he's not. he doesn't make a huge impact on the court. Like, he can drop 50 points a game and they'll, his team will still lose. You see what I'm saying? Like... For example, like Jimmy Butler can average 21, 22 points a game, but you feel his presence on the court, whether it's offense, defense, you feel his presence. So he might not be able to provide the same type of skill sets that Tatum can, right, for a team, but the impact that he provides is there. And that's why the Heat were able to make it to the NBA Finals a couple years ago. So that that's my only thing about the Celtics. So that's why I have them at the seventh seed, just because there's a lot of question marks around them that have yet to be answered. And I think they're going to be a very good team. They have a great duo, but Celtics, I have them at the seventh seed. They can fall anywhere between four and five, but for now, that's where I have them. So my sixth seed, um, I feel like this could come off as being biased because this is my team. But at the sixth seed, I have the Chicago Bulls. And they're another team that there are a lot of question marks around um, kind of like the Celtics, their identity, what's going to be their identity. Can they defend? They have a nice talent uh, pool of talent now. How well can they mesh? But from what I saw in the preseason, and I get it, it's preseason. Okay. I'm going to be the first to acknowledge that I don't get hyped for preseason stuff. It's irrelevant. They would did go undefeated. Although last year they went three and one, <laughs> so again, I understand. Take it with a grain of salt, but they were able to answer some of my questions. Can they defend? They looked pretty good defensively to me. They do have some pretty good individual defenders. Caruso, pretty good defender. Uh, Patrick Williams, pretty good defender. Even Levine was out there. He was playing solid defense and from what i've heard some some rumors some headlines is that he kind of improved defensively since he played on usa basketball this summer um in the olympics i heard that he was really focusing in on his defense considering he was playing with the top talent in the nba that may have helped and i did see a difference in his defensive game so as a unit they looked pretty solid again they played the Cavs twice um can't even remember the couple of the teams that they played. Um, but they looked pretty good. They had like double digit, they I think they had like 14, 15 turnovers against the Cavs, like defensive turnovers. They looked really good. Caruso, he's been I liked him when he was on the Lakers. Okay, so I've known Caruso since he was in LA. And I've always liked him. I liked his I like his game. He's a smart player, pretty good distributor. Pretty solid shooter, and he's very good defensively. So, 
for him to come off the bench, that's a that's a nice player to come off the bench. So I I like him as as um as a backup shooting guard or point guard. I think he'll be a point guard, and then you have Kobe White coming off the bench as a shooting guard. Lonzo Ball, I forgot about Lonzo Ball, solid defender. He was hitting his shots. He was hitting his threes in the preseason. Again, I understand it's the preseason, but from what I saw, they looked pretty nice. So if they continue to play the way they played in this preseason, they're definitely a playoff team for one. I think their ceiling realistically is a fourth, possibly third seed. I have them at the sixth seed. And I think that's very realistic with what they have. Vucevic is probably the most underrated player in the league, in my opinion. For sure, top three. Levine, he is all-star caliber. And he could, I don't know if he's superstar caliber just yet, but he's about tier C. I'm talking about superstar talents or all-star talents, right? He's borderline tier B because of what he can do. He offensively, like, he's a terrific shooter. He can drive. He can slash. I think he just got to continue to show it on a consistent basis. That's it. Like, he did it last year. As long as he's showing it this year, the next couple years, he's borderline superstar. And if he improves his defense, he's for sure a superstar. There's no question about it. So, this team is very nice. And I think they're capable of being for sure a sixth seed, if not higher. Again, this is my team. So, I know this might come off as being biased. But from what I saw... They look very good, and I do have them as the sixth seed. As a fifth seed, I have the Miami Heat. I know they were the sixth seed last year, so it doesn't sound like a huge improvement, but that squad, that team got a lot better this year. They did. They acquired Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker. And I think if you start or if you have a lineup of Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, and if Oladipo comes back healthy, that is probably the best f- defensive lineup in the league. And I don't think there's a que- there's no question about that. You have Bam Adebayo, who's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. P.J. Tucker, we saw what he was capable of doing in the finals last year. Jimmy Butler, who is a great two-way player. Oladipo, who's a solid two-way player. And Kyle Lowry, who's another solid two-way player. That would be the best defensive five lineup, defensive five lineup, just defensive lineup (laughs) in the league without question. So you get that. On top of that, you got two guys who recently won a championship in Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker. So they have, they know what it takes to win. These guys were, they're a year removed from making the finals. Yes, it was the bubble, but they're still capable of making it. And the only question mark, I think, is their is their bench. And that is Tyler Hero and Duncan. Duncan Robinson. Like, can Tyler Hero... He didn't have a terrible year last year. He wasn't as good as people were projecting him to be. But if he can come off the bench averaging 15, 16, 17 a game... And Duncan Robinson, whether he's starting, he's probably going to be starting the beginning of the year, and Oladipo comes back healthy, then he's going to be coming off the bench. If he can get you another 14, 15 points, that's kind of a lot. Like 12 to 13 points off the bench, and Tyler Hero can get you 15, 16, 17 points off the bench, that's a very good team. 
very good team. And I think Spolstra is probably one of the most underrated coaches in the league. Like, he is very good as a head coach. I I really like this Heat team. I know they're only going to improve from the 6th to the 5th seed. But they can, they can really be a top 3 team in the league. Or in the league. In the East. They really can. And I have no doubts about that. If they stay healthy, obviously. But... I think they're a very good team. They're going to be better than last year. And don't be surprised if they they're, they can definitely make the Eastern Conference Finals. They're definitely a candidate. From here on out, from my fifth through the one seed, obviously, they have the best chance of making the Eastern Conference Finals. I think one through eight, they all have a legitimate shot of making it, to be honest with you. I mean, every year they have a shot. But this year, I really do believe one through eight have a legit chance of making the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's once you get to this fifth seed, the Miami Heat, I think they have a real, like a better chance than the Bulls, Celtics, and the Knicks to make the Eastern Conference Finals. So the Miami Heat, I have them as the fifth seed. This is where things can start to get a little interesting and it might deviate. I mean, I guess it's, it's been pretty interesting. <laughs> I guess my list has been interesting at this point because I'm sure no one has the same list as I do. But as a fourth seed, my fourth best team in the East, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. I think they, I mean, they're still going to be a good team. They were the number one seed last year. They just got Ben Simmons back. I just don't know how that's going to work out in the locker room. I don't know if that whole saga that happened this summer between Simmons and the Sixers is going to have an effect in their locker room. We'll see. They've always been a very good regular season team. Where they start to stumble is the playoffs. But regular season, they're still going to be a top team in the East without question. And even if they didn't have Ben Simmons there, I still think they would be around the same seed. Maybe fifth fifth seed. I think I would put the Heat ahead of them. But they would still be hovering around top four without Ben Simmons. With Ben Simmons, you know... They're they're one of the best teams in the East. One of the best teams in the league, to be honest. They're, I just don't think they're championship worthy until Ben Simmons becomes an aggressive offensive player. And by offense, I mean scoring. So that's my thing with Ben Simmons. I think he's a very, very good player, to be honest with you. Because he can do a lot of things right. Like He's a very good distributor. He's a very good playmaker. Very good floor general. Very good defender. For his size, you know, he can rebound, obviously. So I think he's just an all-around solid player but he's just not built for the playoffs because he can't make a play scoring wise like he can't shoot he's a liability to them he can't hit his free throws so even if you can't score offensively if they're gonna follow you at least get to the free throw line and hit your free throws he couldn't even do that that's that's my issue with ben otherwise he's a very good player very good player and if he was able to hit his free throws they would have beat the they would have beat the hawks in the playoffs but I said this last year in the playoffs. He was their X factor. I said Ben Simmons is the X factor in that series. And if he doesn't step up, they're going to lose. And that's exactly what happened. So at number four, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. And number three, I have the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks were by far my biggest surprise last year. I mean, these guys were unbelievable. Trey Young was playing at a level that I never expected him to be able to play at. 
I mean, I always thought like, yeah, he can be nice and he'll be a solid player, but no, he became a superstar in in the playoffs last year. So because they beat the Sixers, I have to put them ahead of the Sixers in this upcoming season. They made the Eastern Conference Finals, and they were well worthy of it. I mean, they were playing terrific basketball, and their core group is coming back. John Collins, Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Werder, Lou Williams, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish. You should see like him taking a step forward into becoming a pretty good player in this league, and obviously Trey Young. So them having that, that terrific playoff run, they got that experience now. They got that playoff experience. They know what it takes to win. And another year together, the core group is still there. There's no way they're going to be worse than last year. Can it happen? Sure. If they go through some injuries and stuff, obviously. But them fully healthy, I think they're a top three team in the East. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, so there's no reason to doubt them. So to that, to me, should I say, rather... They're a very good team. They proved it last year, and there's no reason why they can't do it again this year. I mean, they they play today's style of basketball. They're surrounded with shooters. Their ball handler, the main ball handler, their main guy is a terrific shooter, uh, scorer rather, because he's not that efficient, but that's because he takes a lot of crazy threes, but he hits them. Like, he's got the range. He's just not as efficient as a Steph or as a Damian Lillard, but I think he can get there. And he's a terrific ball ball handler. He's a terrific playmaker. I like this team. I love this team. I was rooting for them in the playoffs. Definitely a top three team in the East. So Atlanta Hawks, I have them as the third seed. So at this point, I think it's very obvious who my top two teams are. <laughs> and honestly, they can go either or, either or. I have a reason why I'm going one team at number one and the other at number two. But realistically, it can go any which way. All right, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna go over both of them together. So at number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets, and at number one, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. And the reason why I have the Milwaukee Bucks at number one is one, the whole thing that's going on in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. I'm not gonna get into that situation. I just don't know how that's gonna affect them in in the locker room. I don't know how that's gonna affect them throughout the season. So I don't. Don't get me wrong. Them without Kyrie, they're still a top two team in the in the league, let alone in the East. Okay, they're one of the top teams in the league. Period. With with Kyrie, definitely without Kyrie, still. But I think the Nets they're gonna cruise a little bit more throughout the regular season because we saw what happened to them in the playoffs. It kind of broke down with injuries against the Bucks. So I don't think they want that to happen again. So I think they're going to take it down a notch. So they're kind of going to kind of cruise to the regular season as opposed to the Bucks. That's not how Giannis rolls. All right. That's not Giannis's mentality. He's going to go out and he's going to give it everything he has every game. He's kind of like Russ. They give it 110% every game, no matter what. And I feel like that's going to elevate the Bucks as a team, right? If you see your main guy, your number one guy playing like that, and as good as he is, and they have a great team, that's only going to elevate them. So I think they also have a chip on their shoulders to prove that last year was no fluke. And I really do think they have a legitimate shot of repeating. I do because of what's going on in Brooklyn. You don't know what's going to happen with their situation with Kyrie. Without Kyrie, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Bucks. 
I really don't think so. Again, I'm going to leave that conversation for another day because I'm not trying to get too uh, expanded on this. <laughs> but I do think the Bucks have a legitimate shot of repeating this year because of what's going on in, in, in Brooklyn and what's going on in Philadelphia. I'm telling you, the Bucks have a, a really, really good chance of repeating. And I think they're going to play like that all year. So that's why they're going to be the number one seed in the East and Brooklyn the number two seed in the East. So there you have it. My one through eight is Milwaukee at one, Brooklyn at two, Atlanta at three, Philly at four, Miami at five, Chicago at six, Boston at seven, and New York at eight. So now we're moving out west. Here, I'll look, I know the west has always been competitive and it's going to be really hard, just like the east this year. It's going to be really hard to predict where teams are going to land, how well teams are going to be, because every year they beat each other up. But I feel like it's going to be like that in the East this year. The East is really competitive. Like I mentioned, any any of those teams can make it out the East, and any of these teams can make it out the West. I don't believe there's a couple teams, one or two, that I don't believe have a legit shot at the finals. Actually, that's not true. I would say... Seven out of my eight playoff teams have a legit shot at the NBA Finals. Out East, I would say the top five have a legit shot at the NBA Finals. Depending on where they fall. But based off my top eight, my top five have a legit shot at the Finals. Out West, I would say seven out of the eight can make the Finals. And there's one specific team that I don't believe is going to be a runaway team. It's going to run away, you know, has... it. Like, the West doesn't go to this team. I don't believe it will. Even in the playoffs, I don't believe this team will be the team to beat. I don't think they're going to be the... I don't think they're going to be as good as people believe they're going to be. And that's the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers are going to be as good as everybody believes they are. And I'll talk about them a little bit more once I get to where I have them. But I don't believe it's set in stone the Lakers are making the NBA Finals. And to be honest with you... We'll even see if they can make the Western Conference Finals. Again, I'm going to go into a little bit further with them, but just just hear me out. So, again, same rules. 1 through 10, Western Conference. Here we go. So, my two play-in teams are at number 10, the New Orleans Pelicans, and at number 9, the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies. The Pelicans, I think they're going to be a better team this year. They got rid of Van Gundy. I think that was... A horrible hire for them, for that roster, for that team. They were just they were just too young for his mentality, for his style of basketball. His brand of basketball doesn't really fit in with today's NBA. I mean, he had success, obviously, with the Pistons in uh, 04. But outside of that, he doesn't. He's not really. Actually, he did take the the, the Orlando Magic in 09 to the NBA Finals, but. He, I've never been a huge fan of his. Like, he's a solid coach, but for the roster that they had there in New Orleans, I don't think that was a good fit. So they got rid of him. So their new head coach is going to be solid. Um, I feel like he's going to be a better fit for them. Zion, again, his questionable health is going to be what's going to hold him back. I think they're going to take a step forward, though, with Brandon Ingram and him. And then they just acquired uh, Valanchunas from the Grizzlies. So I think they have a solid team there. 
but I think they're a couple of years removed from the playoffs. And that's just because of how stacked the West is. I think some of these teams are going to start to drop off in the next couple of years, and the Pelicans are going to be one of those rising teams that are going to be in the playoffs for a couple of years, for years to come, if Zion stays healthy. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, they're already talking about like he's going to miss some time here early on in the season due to uh, some surgery he had in his ankle. And I've seen pictures of him. He doesn't look like he's in game shape basketball. So I don't know, man. He potential wise, he has all the tools um, to be great and to be a top five player in the league, to be the face of the league. But to me, his biggest question mark is health. So we'll see how that pans out in the next couple of years. But for now, the Pelicans are still young. Brandon Ingram is coming into becoming a really good player, uh, all star. I wouldn't say superstar caliber, but tier C type of player. He's very good. And yeah, I think they're they're not good enough to beat any of these other teams for a playoff spot, but they can contend and they can make some noise in the season. But we'll just have to see how that plays out. As for the Memphis Grizzlies, they were a playoff team last year. Um, I love John Morant. I, I don't understand the hate for him. People love to hate Morant. People discuss their top five uh, under 25 players, and Morant never seems to make that cut, and I don't understand why. Like, people love to criticize um, or knock him and put De'Aaron Fox over him, which is fair. Like, De'Aaron Fox is, he plays in, in, in Sacramento, so he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. I mean, he averaged 25 and 7 this last year. That's Derrick Rose MVP numbers. So I think De'Aaron Fox is a very good player. Um, you know, Trey Young, Luka, Tatum, um, even uh, SGA and OKC, I hear over him, uh, Jalen Brown over him. And I don't understand it. I mean, this is year two, okay? Through two years, he's averaged better numbers than De'Aaron Fox and SGA. All right. And in this last year, as the AC going up against the best defense in the league, he averaged 30 a game. All right, off like 47, 48% from the field and like eight assists. He was like 30 and eight or 30 and nine, even, I believe. 30 and eight, I'm sure, against the Utah Jazz. Like, yeah, they they won game one because Donovan Mitchell didn't play. And if he did play, they might have been swept. But still, it's like, you're going to knock him for that? Like, he's putting 30 and nine at 48% from the field in the playoffs against the best defense in the league. And people's biggest criticism was he can't play defense. Does Luka play defense? Does Trey Young play defense? You see what I'm saying? Like, we're picking and choosing who 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 we're going to criticize, who, who doesn't play defense, and who does play defense. Does De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox isn't that, that great of a defender. Devin Booker isn't that great of a defender. So it's like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand the hate for him. I think... The Grizzlies' success is a lot. It has a lot to do with Morant. He was a play-in team in the bubble uh, two seasons ago. I was going to say two years ago, but it wasn't two years ago. It was just last year. <laughs> but two seasons ago. And he got them to the play-in or that play-in and playoffs this past season. And he beat the Warriors with Steph. So I don't get the hate. I just don't think he has enough pieces around him to make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, like I just mentioned the Warriors, I think the Warriors are going to be a playoff team. They weren't last year. They're going to get Klay Thompson back. I'm not going to talk about them too much right now because 
I'm going to get to them in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think they have just enough. I think losing Valanciunas is, is huge. I know they got um, Steven Adams in return. I like Steven Adams, but I think Valanciunas fits better for Morant. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I do think the Grizzlies have a solid team. But again, I don't think it's good enough for a playoff. Can they sneak in the playoffs again? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if they do, I don't see them getting past the first round again. And that's okay because their team is still young and they're still growing and they don't have a ton of assets right now. So Pelicans at 10, Grizzlies at 9. Now, going into my playoff teams, again, kind of like the East, these teams can really fall anywhere. They really can. My eighth seed, the reason I have them here is because their star player is injured and we haven't heard any updates on if he's coming back this year, if he's going to sit out this year, if he does come back, when he's coming back. So there's a lot of question marks around them. They still, they're still a solid team without him, but I, I think everyone else is just slightly better than them. And that is the LA Clippers. I think Paul George should have a big year this year. Some people have him as MVP candidate. I wouldn't say that because to be an MVP candidate, your team has to be at least top four in either West or the East. The Clippers will not be that. And like I said, depending on when Kawhi comes back, that'll that'll play a huge factor. If he sits the entire year, I can see them being towards the bottom of, of, of the seedings. So Clippers are number eight. A lot of it just has to do with Kawhi being injured. They have a solid team. They did let go of uh, Pat Beverly, which I think was, I think it was time. I mean, we saw he wasn't really that reliable in the playoffs last year. Reggie Jackson came into his own. He had a spectacular playoffs. I was really impressed by him. So I think with between him, um, Paul George, and uh, Inman, I don't know his first name. I can't remember his first name, but he's a really good, he's a two-way player. He's really young. But I think that's going to allow him, that's going to give him some playing time, allow him to grow and and be a solid player this year. So once Kawhi comes back, this team can really make the Western Conference Finals. But until then, I think they're just going to be bottom of the totem pole. And that's okay. Paul George is going to have a nice year. I wouldn't say MVP year. I mean, he could put MVP numbers, maybe. He, I expect him to have like 27, 28 a game. Um... We'll see where his field goal percentage is. But I can see him dropping 27-28 a game on a consistent basis. But I don't think that would be enough uh, uh, to get them any higher than the 7th seed out west. But at number 8, the Clippers, just because of their health, we don't know what Kawhi's status is yet. I mean, it is an ACL, so he could be sitting out for the whole year. Maybe come back towards the end of the year. Maybe come back playoff time. We'll see how that, that affects them going into the playoffs not having Kawhi there all year. So it's going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting team to follow, and I'm definitely going to be following them. But yeah, uh, it's not necessarily that they're a bad team, but again, it's just their health is going to be a factor. So that's why Clippers at number eight. At number seven, I had the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers, they didn't, they're, they're this team where it's like they're always in the talks for playoffs they're always a playoff team but they're never dangerous to make any real noise outside of that because i mean i love damian lillard don't get me wrong i think he's the second best point guard in the league cj mccollum is solid but i don't think they're together 
they're not just them two are not enough to win. I mean, yeah, they made it to the Western Conference Finals a couple of seasons ago, but they got blown out by the Warriors. And they didn't make any changes. Like they haven't made any changes um at all to their roster. Like any like drastic changes. I know they were looking into acquiring uh Ben Simmons this summer for uh, McCollum. I didn't think that was gonna be a good fit, but you know, they thought so. So just because they haven't real really made any big roster changes, it's basically the same team as last year. They didn't do anything last year. I don't see them doing anything this year. Um Still playoff team because of Dame and McCollum, but their size is just kind of isn't ideal to go up against some of these other teams, and they're just not enough. They're just not enough to win. Uh, Nurkic is nice, but he always seems to have to be battling some injury. Um, I think they just lost Cantor again. I think Cantor's in Boston now. I think Cantor's in Boston now. But anyways, I mean they're a solid team, playoff team, but outside of that. Um, that's it. And this is the one team I was talking about that I don't see real making any real noise in the playoffs unless they make a splash in the middle of the year. So out of all of the playoff teams I have out West, the Blazers are the only ones that I don't really see making any real noise. And that's just because it's been the same team for like the last three or four years and they haven't really done much. And the rest of the teams have gotten better. Um, so I, I don't see them making any real noise. Still a good team, still a solid team, still a playoff team, but no more than a first round, second round exit. That's it. So eight Clippers, seven Blazers. So now moving on to number six, which I would have higher and I could see them falling anywhere between one and four if one of their best players wasn't injured. And I'm surprised that the timetable that they set for him is what they're predicting because it's kind of far out there. But at number six, I have the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson isn't projected to come back until like Christmas. Why? I don't know. Christmas, New Year, around that time. I don't understand why. But still, we haven't seen him play in two years. He's suffered two major injuries. Like the two biggest injuries an athlete can suffer. A torn Achilles and a torn ACL. Will he be the same player? That's remain That remains to be seen. So... They have a lot of question marks around them because of that. I was a little disappointed in them last year. I expect them to be at least an eighth seed going into the year, knowing they didn't have uh, Clay. Um, I mean, before Clay got injured, I had them as a top four team. Once Clay got hurt, I still had them in the playoffs. I had them around seven or eight. I was disappointed they didn't make it. Steph had a great year, but he obviously didn't have enough help around him, even though he had Draymond and he couldn't beat the Grizzlies. That was a little disappointing, but I still think they're going to be a playoff team again. They Jordan Poole looks pretty nice. He looked pretty good in this preseason. I think they acquired some some nice pieces in this offseason. Um, their rookie from last year, uh, Wiseman, James Wiseman, he has another year under his belt. He should be able to contribute. Andrew Wiggins has always been hit or miss, you know, he can be inconsistent. He can have a good game. I think he's, he's a solid piece to match with somebody like Steph and Draymond. And when Clay comes back, like he'll be a solid piece for them. Cause he's a solid defender and, and he can score. I'm not a huge on him, but I don't think he's a terrible player. So I think until Clay comes back, they're going to be middle of the pack. And again, we just had to see how Clay 
plays this year. Like, yeah, he might come back. I mean, he sounds like he's for sure coming back, but he's not coming back till Christmas, which is a long time. I mean, a couple months, but I mean, still, we expect him to be ready to go start opening day, um, which he's not. So we'll have to see, like, when he comes back, how well does he look? He obviously needs to get in-game shape. So I don't expect him to be full clay until maybe sometime after the All-Star break, maybe early March. So it's going to take some time for them to get back to where they were. Can they? For sure. They absolutely can be what they were. Not as good, though. I don't see them being, like, as dominant Warriors team that they once were. But they can still be a top-four team, and they can make some noise in the playoffs, and they can make a deep run if clay comes back as clay but a lot of question marks around them so for that reasons i have them at number six i'm not going to count them out though because they're still one of the better teams in the league when fully healthy but that's the question mark can they be fully healthy that remains to be seen so number six golden state warriors and number five i know this is probably going to surprise some people because i know a lot of people have them as a number one number two that's it (laughs) (laughs) but at my number five, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. And like I was saying before I started going into my teams out West, I don't think the Lakers are going to be as good as everybody believes they're going to be. I mean, I was having a discussion with my brother and he brought up a good point. We've seen something similar in the past with them. When Shaq and Kobe, when they brought on Gary Payton and Carl Malone, a couple years ago when they had uh, Steve Nash there Dwight Howard and Paul Gasol didn't really work out. Now they have an older cast again, LeBron, Rondo, Dwight, even older now. (laughs) I don't think this is going to be as good as people believe they're going to be. Main reason is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook would be enough for them to carry them in the regular season. Because I expect Anthony Davis and LeBron James to kind of cruise to the regular season Anthony Davies, maybe not as much as LeBron. I mean, LeBron's going into year 19, fully expected, right? So I think he's going to take some time off throughout the regular season. He's going to cruise through the regular season. That's why they brought in Russ. And that's where the reports were. They were discussing um, people like uh, Damian Lillard, Russ, a couple other players. And they decided to go with Russ because they felt like he could carry the load more for the regular season than some of these other players. I don't understand it, but I, I guess I kind of get it. Because Russ, he's a freak of nature. He's a freak athlete. Even when he's gotten injured, he comes back. Same old, same old. You know, he's like a freight train. (laughs) So I understand why they went Russ. But come playoff time, I don't think it's going to work out so well. Because Russ' style of basketball isn't meant for NBA playoffs. It's not like he's meant for the regular season and he could be the best player, top five player in the league in the regular season. But come playoff time, he's not someone you can rely on. He's not a terrific shooter. He's not that smart. Um, You know, he doesn't make the greatest plays. He's a turnover machine. And don't get me wrong. I like Russ. I really do. I, I, I enjoy him. I enjoy watching him because he is, he is a great player. He, he is, and he's a great person. And I just, I do enjoy watching his game because he's always he's at a, he's playing at 110% every game. But he's just not a winning player and it hurts me to say that but he's not. 
So I don't think him being in LA with LeBron and Anthony Davis now is going to change his style of basketball and make him a better shooter and make him a better uh, or a smarter player. I don't see that happening. I, I don't see that happening. I think they should have gone. If they could have acquired Damian Lillard, that should have the route they should have gone. I don't think that was possible. But outside of that, they could have tried to get Chris Paul. Chris Paul would have been a much better fit for them, even though Paul is older. But we saw that he's still capable of contributing to a team. Wasn't well enough, wasn't good enough to help carry a team to the to the finals or to the championship because he helped them to the finals, but to win a ring. But if you match him up with someone like LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think he can help contribute just enough for an actual ring. Um, so I don't think they're going to be as good as people believe they're going to be. Definitely a playoff team, but I see them around the fifth seed because I feel like they're going to cruise through the regular season and then just try to see... Kind of like what the Nets did last year. I mean, Harden, Kyrie, and Durant only played like 10 games together before the playoffs started. So I think that's kind of the route that they're going to try to go. Not intentionally. Well, maybe because they're going to give LeBron a ton of rest. And then just see like, all right, we're going to try to make this work in the playoffs. Obviously, they're going to work on their game during the regular season. Trying to build that chemistry and whatnot. Not just come together in the playoffs. But... I think that's the route they're going to be. Cruise to the regular season and try to turn it up in the playoffs. But LeBron's not that guy anymore. You know, and that's okay. I mean, look at his age. Look at what he's done. He's going into year 19. It's perfectly okay to say he's not that guy anymore. I still have him as a top five player in the NBA just because it's LeBron. But he just can't be that player where I'm just going to show up in the playoffs and turn it up and turn it up. We saw last year once Anthony Davis got hurt. He wasn't the same player. He kind of quit. He kind of gave up on the team. And it's, I won't say it's understandable, but I kind of get it just because he knew he couldn't carry the load anymore. Like he couldn't carry with the, the load without Anthony Davis. And he said it in the bubble. Like once Anthony Davis was hurt, like he got scared. He's like, oh crap, what the hell am I going to do without Anthony Davis? So Anthony Davis, thankfully, you know, for him <laughs> was able to play through his injury and look what the results were. But last year he wasn't. So and look what those results were. So clearly LeBron can't be that guy anymore where he's just going to turn up in the playoffs, do what he did on the Cavs against the Warriors, drop 45 and 10 and 12 or whatever in the fi- or in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen anymore. That's just not. So Lakers at the fifth seed, they may not even make the Western Conference Finals because I think the top four teams can knock them off come the second round. Because of injuries, health, age, chemistry, all of the above. So, again, I'm not going to count them out because they still have talent. And they're still top two favorites uh, uh, amongst um, betting odds that they're going to win. Which I understand. But they look great on paper. But in reality, I don't think they're going to work out as well as people believe they are. So, at number five, I have the Lakers. So, now on to my top four. And I think these four have a legit shot at making the NBA Finals. I do. Maybe not the fourth one, just because we'll have to see how they do in the playoffs. But the top three definitely have a legit shot at the NBA Finals. So at number four, I have the Dallas Mavericks. So the Dallas Mavericks, I think they're going to be great this year. Regular season, no question. I know there was question marks around... uh, Christoph Porzingis um, because of how he performed in the playoffs but the regular season he was averaging 20 and 8 and you match that with uh, Luka I think I think that's all he really needs in the regular season 
if he can average that in the playoffs, they're one of the best teams in the league. I really do believe that because that's how good Luka is. If Luka does his thing, KP does his thing, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. does his thing, that's that's a perfect tandem right there. That's a nice core to have. And now they have Jason Kidd, who I think is a pretty solid coach. I think Carlisle is a little better, to be honest with you. But now they have Jason Kidd, and we'll see what Jason Kidd can do with Porzingis and, and Luka. So that's my biggest question mark is their coaching and, um, and Jason Kidd. I think he's a solid coach, but is he that difference maker? Can he get them over that hump? I think talent and skill-wise, they have it. They have enough to make it past the first round this year. They really do. Can they? We'll have to see. Can KP show up in the playoffs? We'll have to see because he was non-existent in the playoffs. And I know people knock him because, or knock Luka because they just kind of isolated uh, KP and, and this and that. But if he's not hitting his shots, if he's not you know demanding the ball, if he's not worthy to get the ball, why are they going to run the offense for him? Why are they going to give him plays? Like I remember there were several times where he was out you know, uh, uh, in the perimeter. He had open looks. They would dish it out to him, and he would miss. So it's like if you can't rely on him, if he can't hit a shot, why are you going to continue to give him the ball? You see what I'm saying? Like regular season, yeah, 20 and 8 guy, perfect. If he can replicate that in the playoffs, 21, 22, 22 and 8, 22 and 9, that's all you can ask from the guy. That's all you can ask from the guy. But he has to be able to contribute what he was able to contribute in the regular season for them to have success in the playoffs. If he would have been... If he would have shown up like he did in the bubble, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the bubble, like he showed up until he got hurt. The Mavs were a legit contender to eliminate the 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 um the Clippers that year. I mean, they they really they really were. But then KP got hurt, and then that was it for them. And then last year, he just didn't show up. So if Porzingis can show up and, and be a presence and be somewhat dominant, you know, just drop twenty two. 23, just feel his presence because he was out on the floor, but he wasn't doing anything. So at that point, he, what's the point of having him? <laughs> so I think that's the biggest question mark for them as Porzingis and how well he can play in the playoffs and Jason Kidd. And, and is he good enough to get them over the hump? I think they're a second round team. Western Conference Finals worthy, maybe. But again, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But Dallas Mavericks, I have them as a fourth seed. So my final three in the West, I do believe they have, any of them can make the finals. Any of them can make the Western Conference finals. Um, They're three out of the top five teams in the league. Um, I don't know what order you'd want to put them in, but I do believe that. Um, They're just really good, and you can put them in any order, and I'd be okay with it. So at number three, I have the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz... um, they were my surprise team last year um, for the regular season. I mean, they were on a roll. They were the best team in the league. They were ridiculous. Mike Conley was an all-star. Um, they had the sixth man of the year in Jordan Clarkson. They had the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. Um, and Donovan Mitchell was just being Donovan Mitchell. So they have a great team there. Um, my thing is, can they repeat that this year? So I think they're going to be a very good team still. But they were just so good last year. It's going to be hard to top, you know. And I don't know if Mike Conley can be an all-star again this year. He's a little older. I love him. 
I love Mike Conley. Um, I think he's an underrated player, but you know, he's a little older. Can he hold up? He didn't really hold up in the playoffs, so that was their issue. Um, can he hold up for the regular season? You know, and if he doesn't, can these guys carry the load? Mitchell, Clarkson, and Gobert. I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Gobert. Um, I think he's overpaid, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I think he's a great defender, but that's about it. I love Donovan Mitchell. Um, but I mean, there, I can't really criticize him. There really isn't nothing to criticize him because come playoff time, like he steps up and that's the biggest thing. Like he plays in the regular season, he performs in regular season, but his biggest performances are in the playoffs. So to me, that just shows he's got that it factor. He's got that, that factor you need to win because he elevates his game in the playoffs, which not a lot of players can do. And he is one of those guys. And he's one of the top five under 25 players in the league right now so they have a solid team my only thing is can they repeat last year i don't think so it'll be kind of hard but they're still one of the best teams in the league so that's not a knock on them but yeah i just don't see them repeating this the same thing as last year just because mike conley i don't see him being an all-star again this year um and they were just really good last year and it's it'll be hard to match or top that so at number three i have the utah jazz so my top two teams I love both of these teams. I do. They both have... I, I just love how one team plays. And then the other, I love a specific player. So, at number two, I have the Denver Nuggets. And at number one, I have the Phoenix Suns. The Denver Nuggets are going to be legit this year. I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a candidate for uh, most improved player in the league. Um... They have the reigning MVP in Jokic. They re-signed uh, Aaron Gordon. And Murray is going to be coming back this year. I don't know when. There's no really set ti- uh, set timetable for him. I expect him to come back sometime. He's probably going to miss the first half of the season. But he'll be back uh, probably around All-Star break. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. He may come back sooner. Again, I, we don't know. I haven't heard of anything of his return. But Jamal Murray is a very good player. He's he's solid. Great match with Jokic um and I I just love Jokic man I think he's a terrific player um great passer just just a great leader great he's a, just a great player to build a team around so the Nuggets I mean <laughs> what can I say about them they had the reigning MVP a uh um most improved player candidate and and MPJ and yeah they're just a great all-around team so they're definitely going to be up there um and I have them at number two and I can definitely see them making uh, a deep run in the playoffs and potentially making the finals. I, I can totally see that. I think they match well with anybody uh, on and in this in the West. So now get to number two. And at number one, I have the Phoenix Suns. And I think the Phoenix Suns are going to prove that last year was no fluke, that they are a great team. They got a great unit. They got great role players. I mean, that's the thing about them. They have, they don't, I mean, Devin Booker is a, all-star they don't really have superstars like Chris Paul I wouldn't consider him a superstar anymore just because he's older he's all-star caliber um borderline DeAndre Ayton is an all-star I mean he elevated his game in the playoffs um you know he he put himself on the map we we realize who he is we we saw what he's capable of in the playoffs so they have three all-star caliber players at there um Mikael Bridges 
terrific role player. They just paid him. He's a potential all-star, future all-star caliber player. Cam Johnson, man. I'm a huge Cam Johnson fan. I mean, he... Great three, uh, 3 and D guy. Um, he just... I don't know what it is about his game. Like, he, he's just smart. Like, he's not just a perimeter player. Like, he knows when to cut to the basket. You know, he knows... He's just a smart player. And he's not a streaky shooter. Like, he'll come off the bench and he'll hit, like, two or three threes back to back to back. And he's a very good defender. So, the thing about the Suns is they have a lot of terrific players that know their role. That play their role well. And that's what you need to win. So, I think this year the Suns are going to prove that they are no fluke. That last year was no fluke. That they are a championship-worthy team. I think their mistake right now is not paying DeAndre Ayton because there's been reports now that their negotiations have come to a halt and Ayton is not happy. I don't know what they're thinking, um, but they got to pay that man and they got to pay that man now. <laughs> like I get you pay Mikal Bridges because he is a very good player and he's terrific. Um, but DeAndre Ayton is a franchise altering caliber player. Right, he's the face of a franchise caliber player. He's a generational talent caliber player, and you have to pay him, no matter what the price is. And I think that's what their mistake was. Their mistake was paying Chris Paul the money that they did. I don't think Chris Paul um, is a. I don't. I don't think he's not a great fit. I just don't think he's worth the money that they're going to pay him this year. I just don't. So I think they got to do what they got to do, and they got to get Aiden paid and make him happy, because you don't want that lingering into the regular season i don't think he'll allow that like i don't think that'll mess up his psyche but you never know so i think you just got to keep him happy and whatever that means is whatever that means so if you got to pay him pay him so that is my list at 10 i had the new orleans pelicans at nine the memphis grizzlies at eight the clippers at seven the blazers at six the warriors at five the lakers at four, the Mavericks. At three, the Jazz. At two, the Nuggets. And the one, and the one. <laughs> at one, I have the Phoenix Suns. So now that I give you guys my predictions, um, my brother sent me this data model uh, from 538. It's a website that predicts all kinds of things from sports to politics. And he, he was like, oh, he, look at this, and you should make a podcast on it. I'm like, well, all right, well, let, let me see what, it, what what they're predicting here, okay? And this model, all right, it's taken into account a lot of things. It's literally breaking down each team and going on a game-by-game game basis, and it's making predictions off, like a game-by-game, game, and then giving them their uh, their projected record, um, their projected playoff chance is um, their chances of making the finals and their chances of winning the finals. And some of these, man, I mean, I did look this over and at first glance, I'm like, this is insane. But I, some of them I can get behind, but some of them I just can't. I, I can't. But again, this model is taking into account a game-by-game -game basis. It's taking in, into account injuries. They're kind of predicting injuries and predicting who is it going to play and who do they do see playing? So, for example, like on a back-to-back -back game, they could probably project or predict LeBron James isn't going to play or Kevin Durant might not play or James Harden might not play. You know, so they're kind of going, you know, they're literally narrowing it down by game and then narrowing it down by team and um, 
who has a better chance of winning on a game-by-game basis. And this is a live model, so they're going to be updating this as the season goes. So let me just go for both the East and West. I'm going to go top to bottom and who they have uh, as their standings. They have the Bucks at one, the number one seed in the East. They have the Sixers at two. They have the Hawks at three. They have the Nets at four. They have the Celtics at five. The Heat at six. Pacers at seven. And Knicks at eight. And then they're playing teams of the Raptors and the Bulls at nine and ten. And out West, they have the Jazz at one, Suns at two, Nuggets at three, Mavericks at four, Trailblazers at five, Clippers at six. And this is where it gets crazy. Pelicans at seven, Grizzlies at eight, Lakers at nine, and Timberwolves at ten. <laughs> Again, my, brother's, my brother stands by. My brother is, listen, I'm into stats and um, I love producing stats. Like, providing stats, not producing. My brother is a producer of stats, all right? That's his his whole thing so he's way more into stats than i am all right i like providing them he likes actually producing them and doing all that crazy stuff so he stands by this all right he said they this website these guys uh nate silver thing is his name and a couple of other guys he says oh they predict every election correctly and this and that and so he stands by them i'm like all right (laughs) i'll take your word for it but Here's here's the first thing. Out west. I guess I'll start out west. Here are the playoff chances uh, percentage-wise for each team. Jazz have a 96% chance. Suns have a 95% chance. Nuggets, 88. Mavericks, 84. Blazers, 82. Clippers, 82. The Pelicans have a 77% chance of making the playoffs. The Grizzlies at 50 and the Lakers at 49. So Lakers are outside of the playoffs. I don't see that happening. I don't think the Lakers are outside. I don't think they're going to be as good as people think they are. But I think they're a playoff team, right? And I know the model is accounting for a lot. But I think some of the things that they're not accounting for, for example, like for the Sixers, there's no way they're accounting for like locker room drama, right? Like will Ben Simmons play every game? Will that situation that happened this summer affect him mentally? And will he be able to play through that, right? They have the Sixers at number two. I don't. Can they be number two? Sure, because they're a terrific regular season team. Will they be number two? In my opinion, no. I don't. I don't think so. And I don't have them at number two. All right. Can they be number two? Sure. Will they be? I don't think so. Um. So that's like one thing that I can say they're probably not accounting for. Or they. It's hard. How can you measure that? Like, how can you put that into a model? But here's when it comes to like for just this alone, like playoff chances, you're telling me the Pelicans at 77% chance, they have a higher chance of making the playoffs, all right, than the Heat, Pacers, Knicks, Raptors, and Bulls. Really? Really? Like, I guess the argument can be, well, the East is pretty competitive and the West isn't? The Pelicans have a 77% chance of being the seventh seed? No way, man. No way. The Pelicans are going to be okay. I still think they're a couple years removed from the playoffs um, or from being like an actual contender. I don't know if they're accounting for Zion Williamson missing some time already. Like he's going to be gone for a couple, a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. There's really no set timetable for him. But like I said, the Pelicans, they're just kind of up in the air. But they give them, they're giving them a 77% chance of making the playoffs. I don't agree with that. Um... 
you know, the Warriors, they have the Warriors outside. They have the Warriors at, what is this, 10, 11, as the 12th seed. The Warriors have a 19% chance of making the playoffs. No way. No way. I don't see the Spurs. Spurs can't. I don't know. I can't. The Spurs, nah. Timberwolves for sure. The Timberwolves, I do not think the Timberwolves have a better team than the Warriors. I just do not believe so. I don't know what they're looking. I don't know what they know that I don't. <laughs> but just from the track record of the Timberwolves, they're it's the Timberwolves. They're they're a sad organization, and I think they just got rid of their GM uh, this past summer. Even though he was making a bunch of moves and he just acquired, um, he was making trades and he drafted. That's what it was. He drafted and they fired him a couple like a month ago. So the Timberwolves, they're a crap show for an organization for lack of a better word. <laughs> so I, I can't get with that logic that the Pelicans have a higher chance of Lakers, Timberwolves, Spurs, Warriors. I, I mean, I could say Timberwolves and Spurs, sure, but not the Warriors and Lakers. And I can't say the Pelicans have a higher chance of making the playoffs than the Bulls, Knicks, Pacers, and Heat. No way. No way. So next is chance of making the finals, which I here I can see. They have the Bucks at the highest chance of making the finals. And the second highest is the Clippers. So uh, they're obviously accounting for Kawhi coming back at some point. Because <laughs> they have the second highest chance of making the finals. And they have the second highest chance of winning the finals behind the Bucks. So I can get with the Bucks logic that they have the highest chance of making the finals. And the highest chance of winning the finals. I do think they have a legit shot of repeating this year. Like I think that's a realistic opportunity for them. Because of like I said, what's going on in Philly. What's going on in Brooklyn. The, the Nets without Kyrie... They can keep up with, with the Bucks, but I think the Bucks, they know what it takes to win. They're gonna be one year better, you know, one year together. They you know I, I on paper and just from what we've seen, and they're the defending champions, they are the best team in the league. And they are the team to beat. So I'm gonna give the edge to to the Bucks. So I can see that that logic. They have the highest chance of making the finals and the, and the highest chance of winning the finals. Um Clippers have the second. The Sixers have, they're tied with the Suns, all right? They're tied with the Suns for the third highest chance of making the finals and winning the finals. I don't agree with that. I I don't, unless Ben Simmons shows me something that I've not seen before, there's no way that's happening. The th- They're tied for third behind the Suns or with an, along with the Suns? No, don't see that. I can't get with the logic the Hawks at three because I do have them at three. Um, I mean, along with the East, I don't think there is a huge issue with the East. Um, I, I guess the Bulls, I, I don't think the Bulls are going to be a 10th seed. I think the Bulls are making the playoffs this year. Um, I think the Bulls are better than the Raptors. I think the Bulls are better than the ne- the Knicks. I think the Bulls are better than the Pacers. If you want to put them under the Heat and the Celtics, that's fine. I don't have, I have the Celtics below them, but if you want to put them ahead of them, that's fine. I have the Heat ahead of them, that's fine. I don't think the Bulls... The Bulls, at worst, they're an eighth seed, I think. Eight or nine. Eighth seed. Eight seed. I'm going to say eight seed because they are a playoff team. At best, they are a top four team in the East. No question about it. I really do believe that. So, yeah, I mean, in the East, I really, I, I guess I don't have a huge issue with it. I, I can see some of this playing out, except for the Bulls. Again, that's probably just being biased, but... <laughs> I can see some of this playing out. Out West, man, this is where I, I don't see this playing out like this at all. So let me get this straight. They're giving the Lakers a 4% chance of making the finals. 
and a 2% chance of winning. So here are all the teams that have the same, if not more, of a chance of winning the finals than the Lakers. Pelicans, Trailblazers, Mavericks, Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, Jazz. Most of them I can agree with. The, I can agree with. Minus Pelicans and minus Trailblazers. <laughs> Out East, they have the Heat have a higher chance. Celtics have a higher chance. Hawks have a higher chance. Basically, everybody has a higher chance <laughs> than the Lakers of winning the finals this year. Okay? Like... <laughs> Um, the Pelicans have a 2% chance of winning. So that's on par with the Blazers and the Heat. And I don't, I don't think the Pelicans have the same chance. Maybe the Blazers. I I guess I can give it that logic, but the Mavericks only have a 3% chance of winning the finals. I don't think the Mavericks have a 1% chance higher than making them winning the finals of winning the finals in the Pelicans. And I think the Heat are much better than the Pelicans. And they have the same percentage chance of winning the finals. I just... I mean, I guess it isn't crazy. <laughs> but like I said, I guess I can see the East playing out how they have it. But the West... I mean, I guess I can see the Jazz at 1, Suns at 2, Nuggets 3, Mavs 4, Blazers 5. My issue is once you get below the Clippers, you got the Pelicans, Grizzlies, Lakers, Timberwolves, Spurs, and Warriors... I mean, you have, my issue is Pelicans, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, and Spurs are all better than the Warriors. I don't think they're going to be better than the Lakers. I don't think the Pelicans or Grizzlies will be better than the Lakers. I'd be surprised, and that'd be, let me say this. If the Lakers don't make the playoffs this year, that will be the greatest, or I guess the biggest uh, disappointment in probably sports. Because they are, on betting odds, they are they have the like top three chance of winning the finals. So if they don't make the playoffs, that is insane. They have them at forty two and forty for the season. I guess that's possible. They're that's only one more game than they won last year. I think last year they were at forty two and thirty. So the exact same. Uh, see, I don't know about that. You're telling me the Lakers, with 10 games less last year, or should I say, probably better worded, is they have 10 more games this year. They're going to have the same winning record as last year? Ah, You're telling me they're going to lose 10 more games next, this year? Ah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But we'll see, man. We'll see. This is crazy. I'm going to keep track record of this. I'm going to save this. I'm going to take screenshots of where it is right now, and I'll see how it goes throughout the season. Because, like I said, this is live, so they're going to keep updating it throughout the year. You know, someone gets injured, a trade happens, et cetera, et cetera. Kyrie comes back. Who knows? So I'm definitely going to keep track of this. But, man, they're giving the Lakers 4% chance of making the finals and 2% chance of winning, which is on par with the Miami Heat, which is worse than the Pelicans. Worse than the Trailblazers. Worse than the Mavericks. So, this isn't. This was interesting. This is. This is crazy. But we'll we'll see how genius these guys are. All right. <laughs>
That is it for this episode, you guys. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on wherever you're listening from. You guys can follow me on social media at Around the NBA. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Again, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys next time.